0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان الذين قالوا ربنا الله ثم استقاموا تتنزل عليهم الملائكه to عليهم الملائكة that you are not alone. You are بالجنة alone. You are not alone. You are not ولكم فيها ما تشتهي أنفسكم ولكم فيها ما تدعون نزلا من غفور رحيم وقال رسولنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم كُلُّ أُمَّتِي يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةَ إِلَّا مَنْ قِيلَ وَمَنْ رَسُولَ اللَّهُ قَالَ مَنْ دَخْلَ الْجَنَّةُ وَمَنْ عَصَانِي فَقَدْ أَبَاؤُ كَمَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ dear brothers
1: and brothers in Islam, we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator, sustainer, nourisher, cherisher, protector, and we send complete عليه and all praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having blessed us with the greatest wealth of iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us in this world with iman, take us away from this world with iman, and resurrect us on the day of qiyamah with perfect iman. Brothers, after the few days of holidays, we're all getting back into routine. And if you look back and we ask a person, what you did over the last couple of days? He said, it was my days of holiday, and I tried to make my family happy. I did this for them, I did that for them, I took them here, I may have taken them there, etc. The point I want to make here today is, Alhamdulillah for the loving we are doing so much. To keep our loving family members happy we are doing so much. But what are we doing for our deceased relatives? So recently Alhamdulillah I had the opportunity of traveling with my Honorable Shaykh Sheikh al-Hadith, Wana Muhammad Salim Daran Hafidahullah of the UK. We were in Zambia and we visited Aqabristan. Wana called me aside and he told me, he says, Alhamdulillah, today we are doing a lot for those who are living. Whereas in reality, those who are living, they can still do for themselves. They are not totally helpless. On the other hand, we need to ask ourselves, how much are we actually doing for those who have passed away? They are totally helpless. They cannot do for themselves at all. They are totally dependent on us. And the isal with thawab and the reward that we will be sending for them. A person who is living, he can still make amendments. He made a mess up, he made a slip up in life, he can still make tawbah. He can still exert himself in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He still has various opportunities at his doorstep, which he can tap into. But a person who has passed away, there's nothing that he can do from the qabr. He'll only wait in anticipation for the isad with tawab and the rewards of his family members. And when they will send the reward for him, then for him it is like the day of Eid. How much are we really doing for them? We were walking through the qabristan and you could see some qabrs were really dilapidated. The qabrs had sunk. They were not really taken care of. I mentioned from this you can see when last a person was actually visited. Generally, when a person's relatives visit his qabr, they will make it a point of ensuring the qabr is in order, there's no weeds, the qabr is well kept. But when a person's qabr is not visited, then that qabr is just left. Many a time you'll find a hole comes about, the qabr sinks in, sometimes you'll find the qabr is all out of shape, you'll see a whole lot of weeds, etc. So he mentioned how many people there are here in this Qabrastan who have not been visited for years. Therefore, mona mentioned to me, he says, Alhamdulillah, it is my normal habit whenever I visit a country, after greeting the people at the airport, the minute I get into the car, I read one surah Yasin and I send the reward for all the marhumin of that particular country. And if I get the opportunity... I try to visit the Qabrastan of every area that I visit. And really brothers, we had an intense journey, a journey through Zambia and Malawi, but every place that we went to, Alhamdulillah, we made sure we go to the Qabrastan. And visiting the Qabrastan was not something of 5 or 10 minutes, but rather when we went to the Qabrastan, Moana explained to us, it was a practice of Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, whenever he would recite Surah Al-Fatiha and three times Surah Ikhlas. Surah Al-Fatiha, and three times, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أحد. So he would stand by the qabr, and you would decide Surah Al-Fatiha, and three times Surah Ikhlas. Thereafter, Muana would tell us that now, all of you spread and walk throughout the qabristan, and whilst moving through the qabristan, recite Surah Yasin audibly and make niyat, your intention be for all the marhumin of this particular qabristan. We don't know when last a person was visited, when last someone sent Isar al for him, so at least let this be a happy occasion for them. We don't know through the barakat of whos surah, Ya'sin Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are important points, simple practical points that we need to keep in mind. Visiting one qabr in Malawi, Moana took me one side and he said, if we make it a point of visiting these stands in our life, we'll be leaving a great legacy behind for ourselves. Meaning our children will understand the importance of visiting these Qabrastans tomorrow when we pass away, inshallah, they will also visit us. If we never made it a point to visit the Qabrastan in our life, our children will also not develop the habit. And when we pass away, there will be no one to read for us. He says, and he always quotes his honorable father, Rahimahullah, that if we make it a point of reading for the people of the Qabrastan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inshaAllah appoint people to read on our behalf when we leave this world. So firstly, we'll be inculcating in our children the importance of visiting the Qabrastan. And secondly, it will bring some satisfaction to the heart as well. By visiting a person and sending some reward, you'll feel some satisfaction and your sorrow and your grief will be replaced with some level of happiness. That alhamdulillah, I've managed to do something... Inshallah, they will get the reward, and this will bring joy to them. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is: when a person passes away, then his actions come to an end with the accession of three actions. Number one is sadaqat perpetual sadaqa, sadaqa that continues." For example, a person donated some money to the house of Allah to the masjid. A masjid was being built. As long as people perform salah in the masjid, he will continue to get the reward. One is sadaqah you give on the street to a beggar, it's once off. You gave it to him, he used it and that's the end of it. But one is sadaqah that continues. So for example, a person donated to the building of a masjid. A person was instrumental in digging a borehole, digging a well for a community people continue to take benefit from that water. As long as they continue to take benefit from that water, he will get the reward. So this is sadaqa jariyah. That is why when one person came to Rasulullah wasallam to ask, that I have a family member that has passed away, what should I do for my family member? Rasulullah wasallam advised, al water. That dig a well, dig a borehole on behalf of a person who has passed away, so when the insan and the creations of Allah and the animals also benefit from that water, the person who has passed away will inshallah get the great reward of that. So number one is saraqa jariya. Number two is ilmin yuntafa'u bihi. Knowledge from which benefit is derived. A person taught somebody something. He was an educator, he was an ustad in the madrasa, and apa in the madrasa. Or as a parent he taught his children. He imparted knowledge of being to his children and his relatives. Or he was instrumental in donating to a religious organization, with the hope that inshallah, knowledge will be imparted to the children of that particular organization and that madrasa, and he will get the reward. Or he made it an effort to distribute some kitabs or some Qur'ans, etc. So these are various forms and methods of imparting knowledge. So that will continue as long as people benefit from those organizations people continue to recite from those Qurans, people continue to study from those Kitabs, etc., inshallah, he will get the reward. And number three is, Walidin Salihin, yad'u A pious child who will make dua for him. A pious child who will make dua for him. And ya ulama al also further mentioned even if the child does not make dua for the parent, the parent will still benefit from the child. Why? Our children are our investments. If we have brought them up correctly, then even if they don't make dua for us, whenever they practice upon deen, we will still get the reward. Why? It was through our nurturing, our effort, our imparting knowledge to them, etc., that they are where they are today. If they make dua for us, it will be a bonus. But even if they don't make dua for us, we will still get the reward. And that is what brings us to the next important point, brothers and elders. Our madaris and madrasas and maktabs will be opening soon. Alhamdulillah, we all understand the importance of our children going to school and attaining secular education. But let us ensure that they also have a good grounding in Islamic knowledge. Wallah, this opportunity that they have in their youth is not going to come back to them. I have had many elderly people who came to me to enroll their children in the madrasa. And they've expressed their regret and said, my biggest mistake in life was I left Madrasa too early. There's so many important aspects of Deen that I don't know. Or some will come and they will say, Alhamdulillah today, through the barakat of my children, I'm learning. Sitting with them, I'm actually learning from them. We never had these opportunities that we had, that they have. Many a time, a parent says, I want to give him what I didn't have when I was young. And he looks at it and he speaks about it in the material sense. When I was young, my parents couldn't afford to give me the beautiful clothing and the beautiful expensive cars and houses, etc. I had to work for myself. Today I want to give my children what I didn't have. I don't want them to suffer the way I suffered. I do not want them to have that inferiority complex that I had when I was growing up. In the same way when it comes to the knowledge of deen, let us understand that listen... If I did not have, I need to ensure that I give my child a better and a good solid grounding in Islamic education. Every year at the end of the year, it is my normal habit that I sit with the grade 10s and the grade 9s in our madrasa, And I ask the grade 10s, okay, share with us this organization. And tell me, what did you really acquire? And what are you taking with you when you leave from here? Sometimes when they tell you certain things then you understand the big gap that there is in society, especially in our own households. And I'm going to give an example. So I'm sitting with the great ten boys, I asked them, has any one of you had the opportunity of discussing aspects of puberty and blow with any of your fathers? And there was not one child. And Alhamdulillah, we have a good amount of kids in our madrasa, But there was not one child who said, Alhamdulillah, my father sat me down and my father explained to me the laws of puberty. Now, there could be two reasons. One is either we left it to the ustad in the madrasa that, Alhamdulillah, the ustad is there, he'll do his job and he will teach my child. Or it also could be that, unfortunately, the relationship that we have as father and son is not there that we can actually discuss these intimate aspects with our children. And that is sadly the reality in most cases. That we find it hard. We don't know how to approach these topics. We don't know what it is to discuss these aspects about our children. And the reality is, we don't have a close understanding and relationship with our children where we can actually sit them down and we can have this discussion one to one in an open manner as two young, as two adults. So these should be learning lessons for us in order for us to impart a proper, good Islamic upbringing and education to our children. We firstly need to have a good relationship with our children. Rasulullah ﷺ had a stepson by the name of Umar ibn Abi Salama. On one occasion he was sitting with Nabi ﷺ and they were eating from a plate. So when they were eating, Umar's hand was moving around the plate. He was eating from here, eating from there, eating from all the different different areas of the plate. Rasulullah ﷺ observed this. Uh, it's inappropriate for a person to eat from the different parts of the plate when you're sharing with someone. But look at the method in which Rasulullah educated him and explained to him. But before we even go to that, the fact that Umar's hand could move around the plate when he was eating with Rasulullah this makes us understand how free he was with Rasulullah And what an open relationship he had with the Nabi of Allah if he was restricted, and he was uncomfortable, he would have sat quietly, straight up, he would have just put from the front of the plate. But he was open. He took Nabi ﷺ as a father, and this was not even his real father. This was his stepfather. But look at the relationship that he enjoyed with Rasulullah ﷺ. And look at how the Nabi of Allah brought himself. The Nabi of Allah, Rahmatullil brings him down to the level of a child. The child is also comfortable with the Nabi of Allah. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is eating with him. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa understands the need to educate him. But look at the method in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa educated him. So Nabi sallallahu wa sallam didn't go for the jugular vein and bang him out and tell him, What are you doing? How can you eat like this? But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa first told him, ya gulam, said, Oh young boy, and this is an address of affection. How often do we actually express our love and affection towards our children? Many a time they feel like they are the black sheep of the family. They feel that no one loves them. Funny thoughts go through their mind. I ask the children in class sometimes, they tell me, has the thought of suicide ever crossed your mind? And if it did, then what was the reason for it? And how did you overcome it? And wallah, sometimes you read what they write to you and you will cry. Because sometimes as a parent you realize, Without me even realizing I was guilty of this and this which actually led a child to the brink of suicide. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Rasulullah sits with this young boy. He tells him when you eat, Sammillah, take the name of Allah. Now he had already taken the name of Allah. So this boost to boosted his confidence. Alhamdulillah that my stepfather Rasulullah is telling me something which I've already done. So Nabi wasallam first boosted his confidence. Sammillah, take the name of Allah. Kulbiyameenik, eat with the right hand. He was eating with his right hand. So this also boosted his confidence. And then after building his confidence in a very gentle manner, Rasulullah told him, Kul Mimma yaleek. Eat from the food that is in front of you. He didn't bang him out. He acknowledged what he was doing correct first. And then only he gently corrected him. This was a this was the habit of Rasulullah. Sahabi is walking in the masjid. Rasulullah s.a.w. tells the people in the masjid, Sat. The sahabi, look at his jazba, his fervor to obey every word of Rasulullah wasallam. He sits at the door of the masjid. Now the sahabi is entering the masjid, Rasulullah s.a.w. goes into ruku' The fervor to get the rakat and not to miss the rakat led him to starting his salah at the door of the masjid. He goes into ruku' and then he walks whilst in the ruku' tell the saf. Somebody has to do something right today. What we will do? We'll laugh at him. We'll tell him, you're crazy. What you think? You think this is a joke, a circus or whatever? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa after the salah, tells him, Zadakallahu hirsan. May Allah increase your desire. Acknowledges the man's desire and his enthusiasm. Zadakallahu hirsan. Walla ta'ud. But next time don't do it again. Look at the gentle manner of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa how beautifully he corrected and he thought. So Nabi wasallam gently corrected this young boy after having acknowledged all the good that he was doing. So we need to inculcate a good relationship with our children. A few other important points that the children mentioned to me is they mentioned Alhamdulillah in madrasah we were learned to have fun in a halal manner. Alhamdulillah by interacting with our Asati kiram we were taught various important aspects. Previously we thought, in order to have a good time, you have to break the command of Allah. You have to do that which is incorrect. But alhamdulillah, after spending time with our ustaz, and closely monitoring how they did certain things, and what advice they imparted to us, we realized that alhamdulillah, our deen is so beautiful, we can also enjoy ourselves within the framework of sharia. And there's no need to break the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way. Then also, alhamdulillah, many mentioned to us, that through the barakat of tafsir, tafsir, we were able to understand a bit of what we are reading, and this benefited our concentration and devotion in our salah. My honorable Shaykh Hafidahullah mentioned in one of the programs recently, did it ever occur to me, that I should know what my Allah is telling me in Surah Fatiha. Did it ever occur to me that I should know and I should understand what my Allah is telling me in Suratul fatiha To what extent do we actually know what is the meaning of Surah Fatiha? Or a little brief tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha? For this, we as adults, we have to link ourselves with the ulama al kiram. Learning knowledge is not only for our kids when they go to madrasah. But adults also, alhamdulillah, so many areas have tafsir, darse quran, etc. We should also see how we can take. Remember, you can only impart when you have something. You can only distribute when you have something with you. How are you going to impart to your family and your children if you are hollow and you are empty? But if you have, then alhamdulillah, you will be able to impart. So let us see how we can enhance our deen knowledge as well. Some even went to the extent of mentioning, Alhamdulillah, we learn how to respect our parents. That old age home will never be an option for us. An old age home will never be an option for us. Others mention, Alhamdulillah, we have beautiful kitabs and a beautiful syllabus, which is self-explanatory. But the explanations of our ustads made the difference. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant understanding. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with beneficial knowledge. Let it not be that we deprive our children of a good solid Islamic upbringing today, and tomorrow we cry tears of blood. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Yes, school will have its demands and commitments, but let us put our Islamic education first. Wallah, that is the greatest asset,
0: and great, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding.